الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah الحمد لله we continue in going over those affairs that are linked to Ruqya and Alhamdulillah we have completed the or portion of that which is recited over the one who is afflicted with sickness, the one who is sick. In light of that, it will be of benefit, bithnilahi ta'ala, to go over the conditions for the ruqya, shurut al-ruqya al-shara'iyya, the legislated conditions for ruqya which are of extreme importance for us to know. The... Now... <coughs> now, is of extreme importance for, the, for us to know what are the legislative reasons or the legislative conditions for the Ruqya. The first of these conditions is that the first of these conditions is that the Ruqya yani tajrid al-Ruqya min al-shirkiyat is that the Ruqya has to be devoid of shirk. It has to be devoid of shirk. Naam. Wa yadullu alayhi umum al-ayat wal-ahadith al-nahiya an al-shirk. And the, and the ahadith and the ayat that prohibit the shirk, then these are the texts that prohibit such. Naam, because shirk is prohibited in every which way, shape, and form. So those ahadith and those ayat that prohibit on the shirk, then this is yani, clear. So anything that has with, with it, yani, shirk mixed with it, then this is that which will render that particular thing null and void. This is that which will void out the benefit of that particular thing. But in reality, it is that which will bring harm. Now, the purpose of ruqya is to seek a cure by way of this means for the one who was afflicted with an infliction. Naam. 
So with that being the case, you don't bring the worst of the sins, you don't bring the worst of the calamities to try to remove a calamity. Naam. So it has to be the ruqya, it has to be clear, and it has to be free from all aspects of shirk. We have the hadith of Awf bin Malik al-Asja'i radiyallahu ta'ala anhu where he mentioned to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kunna narqi fil jahiliyya that we used to make ruqya in jahiliyya in jahiliyya we used to make ruqya faqunna ya rasulullah so he said, O Messenger of Allah, what is your opinion as relates to this? What do you see as relates to this? He said, So the Prophet he said, Inform me about that which you used to say for the Ruqya. Inform me about that and what you used to utilize for Ruqya. وَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ He goes on to say, لَا بَأْسَ بِالرُّضِيَا مَا لَمْ يَكُنْ فِيهِ شِرْكٍ He said then, there is no problem, there is no problem for رُضِيَا as long as it doesn't contain shirk, as long as it doesn't contain shirk. So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he asked them to give to them their رُضَى to give يعني, that which they used to recite or those who used to recite to present them to the Prophet ﷺ, and he mentioned that there is no problem doing the ruqya as long as it does not contain shirk, as long as it does not contain shirk. So any ruqya that has in it shirkiyat, that has in it aspects of shirk, then this is not permissible. And the ulama, they agree, there's consensus from the ulama that it is not or that it is not permissible to make ruqya by way of shirk. The ulama agree that it is not permissible to make ruqya by way of shirk. And this is something that is important to know. Because you have a group of individuals who are mistaken as it relates to this particular affair. And some individuals they believe that it is permissible under certain circumstances to utilize shirk as a means of ruqya. And they try to bring as an analogy of khanzir, of pig, and of khamar, and of alcohol, and of the dead things. Now, would anyone does anyone know why they try to link or they mention these things in particular in specific and they try to draw an analogy to say that they are okay? Does anyone know why? Khamar, alcohol, khazir, pork, wameta, and things that have died on their own. Naam? These things are what? They're not permissible for us, correct? Like, but are there certain circumstances where these things become permissible? Yes. yes. And those circumstances are what? <coughs> Naam? And that is only that's around, like there's nothing else allowed. It's only thing around 
If it's if it's the only thing around, extreme hunger, and I heard hunger, you're missing something. And when you are obliged to to eat, they can tell you if you don't eat, it can kill you. So if you are forced to. Okay. But we still missing something as the first one, right? Because now, first he's really, 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 really hungry. He's very, very, very hungry. Is that a, is that enough of a need? To allow him to, to, to eat pork? Ah, right. So you have to be in a situation where either you eat the pork or you die. Right? Either you drink the alcohol or you die thirst. Correct? Either you eat the rotten carcass or you die of hunger. Right? Now, under these extreme set of circumstances, then... It is permissible to embark upon these things, right? So they try to use as a draw an analogy and say, well, if we can embark upon certain things that are haram under certain circumstances out of extreme need and necessity, then shirk will be able will be able to utilize shirk under certain circumstances if they if they meet the same criteria, right? But this this tiyas, this acknowledging. Right? It is not correct. It is incorrect. It is announced it is incorrect. Why? Because shirk is haram in every situation. You see, these things that were aforementioned, the pork, the alcohol, the, 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 the dead things, right? These things are haram in most situations, but they are allowable under situations of dire circumstance that is, is between you and death. You have to eat pork. It's between you and death, dying of thirst, you have to drink alcohol. It's between you and death, uh, dying from hunger, you have to eat from the uh, dead rotten carcass. Naam. Then at that case, then to prevent death, then you, you eat from these things only what is enough to stay alive. You don't gorge yourself on it. You don't you know, overeat it. You, yeah? you eat enough so that you don't die. That's it. You drink enough so you don't die. That makes sense? This is as relates to those particular things. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us allowance under, 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 under circumstances of dying necessity, that yani, uh, one's life is, 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 is at jeopardy to eat from these things. But shirk is not like that. Shirk is not allowable under any circumstance whatsoever. There's no benefit in the shirk. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says to his noble prophet, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَّا الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَا تَكُنَّنَّ مِنْ الْخَاسِرِينَ Allah Ta'ala, He says to the Prophet And verily we have revealed unto you and to those who came before you that if even you, Muhammad, were to make shirk, then verily, most definitely, undoubtedly, all of your deeds will be rendered null and void. All of your deeds will be rendered null and void. Naam. And most definitely you will be from the losers. Naam. Now, the Prophet ﷺ, Allah Ta'ala revealed unto him that if even he was to make shirk, then all of his deeds would be rendered null and void. In that is a lesson for all of us that what? That it is not acceptable for anyone to make shirk. Whatsoever is not acceptable under any circumstance for anyone to make shirk. Naam. 
is not acceptable. That makes sense? Right. Being that the case, then we see that shirk does not benefit. And it is haram under every situation, under every circumstance, uh, uh, to make uh, the shirk. وَلَا يَسِحُّ الْقِيَاسِ Shaykh Farqus, he mentions, وَلَا يَسِحُّ الْقِيَاسِ عَلَى التَّكَلُّمْ بِهِ عِنْدَ الْإِكْرَامِ he said it, and it is not, it is, it is not correct, the analogy they tried to bring to say that it is permissible for you to make shirk uh, while you hate it. That it's permissible for you to make shirk, right, uh, while hating the shirk. Because there is no circumstance that will lead to the like of these things or utilizing shirk uh, for ruqya. There is no circumstance where you will have to utilize shirk for ruqya. Naam. With that being the case now, the issue of the permissibility of fighting magic with magic, is that okay? No, it's not okay. You can't fight magic with magic. You can't say the person put some magic on me so strong that I'm gonna use magic to get it off of me. I have no other choice. Of course you have a choice. It's not permissible, it does not benefit. There is no benefit in shirk. Naam. The Shaykh he mentions and he brings from another aspect. We have all of the ayat, all of the ahadith that prohibit shirk. We know that shirk is the worst of all of the sins. Naam. We know that shirk, Allah Ta'ala does not forgive the shirk. But from another angle, the Shaykh he mentions, he says, السابق, And that also what, what weakens and what yani, shows the fallacy of the aforementioned uh, analogy is that what? It's from another angle. من جهة أخرى It's from another standpoint. نعم مقابلته أي And this is from the standpoint of what? Is that... Uh, uh, is that it goes contrary to the ijma'. It goes contrary to what the scholars have agreed upon. Now, unanimously they agreed upon that it is not permissible to utilize shirk in ruqya. We have the hadith of the Prophet where he said, shirk. It is okay to make ruqya as long as there is no shirk in it. Now, being that we have this text, there's no room for qiyas. That makes sense? We have this text that's very specific. You can make ruqya as long as there is no shirk contained therein. So, any qiyas that comes now in light of a text, if it contradicts that text, it's gone. There's no qiyas if you have a text, it's, it's done. Right? But from a nut, so, so we see from that angle why this, this argument is very, very, very weak. Also, from another standpoint, which shows you even more so how this argument, it is a weak argument, and it's an argument that is, that's, 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 that's a frivolous argu argument, is that you, yani, there is no going against the ijma'. The scholars have unanimously agreed upon a certain particular thing, right? Then this is in contradiction to the ijma'. And the principle, from the principles of the deen is that what? Is that 
في مقابلة نص أو إجماع فاسد الاعتبار is that every قياس is that every analogy that goes against contradicts a text then it is erroneous right but not just a text it contradicts a text or a consensus then it's erroneous and this particular one it does what it contradicts both it contradicts the text as it comes in the text of the hadith the hadith akhrajahu muslim in sahihi Ma'am, that Muslim he has narrated inside of his collection of authentic hadith, and it also contradicts the the ishmael of the of, of of the imams of the deen that it is not permissible to utilize shirk inside of the ruqyah. That makes sense. Ma'am, so the liking of ruqyah to pork, alcohol, and dead things is erroneous. Why? Because we have a clear text. Saying that we can't use shirk when it comes to ruqya, and we have ijma' of, of 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 the of the Muslims that it is not permissible to use shirk when making ruqya. That makes sense. Now, wait. The second condition for the ruqya that is from the Sharia is khulu al mumaris. الرقية أي الراقي من الصفات القادحة في الدين والعدالة is that the person who makes the ruqya the raqi the person who recites upon another right he has to be an individual who is devoid from characteristics that will damage and harm his religion and his integrity meaning that it cannot be a person who is known to be a bad Muslim, is known to be upon innovation, is known to be yani, from the greatest of the open criminals, so on and so forth. Naam. So now the Shaykh, he brings some examples of some criminals, some open criminals, and so on and so forth. He says, so thus it is not permissible to seek ruqya from a magician. It's not permissible to seek ruqya from a person who's a magician, or from a kahin, or from a sorcerer, or from arraf, or arraf. Arraf, these were people back in the, back back when, and even now, I'm pretty sure they're still around, that when somebody will lose something or what have you, they will inform you where it's at. Huh? You, will go, you will go to them for lost things or whatever stuff you're looking for and they will tell you where it's at. Naam. These are individuals who, yani, they, they work with the shayateen. They work with the shayateen from the jinn. Naam. And as the ulama, they explain, these are individuals who sometimes are a part of an organized crime syndicate that in a, that with the jinn. In other words, there'll be a jinni, sh- yani, shaytan, who works with this particular person or who that person works for. It could be either or. They work for them or, or, or these jinns work for him. And they will steal an item from a person. They will steal an item from a person and hide it in such and such a place. Now the people from that particular place, because this man is known to find people, stuff, whatever, they come to him and they ask him, we lost such and such, could you find it for us? Here ain't no way because the the jinn that's employed by him stole it, or he's employed by the, the or the, yani the jinn who is his employer, 
minion stolen, right? So then they will tell him where it's at, make the person give money, this, this, that, and this to the end of it, and then they'll say, okay, go and get it from over there. Long story short, a person may think, maybe it's a good idea to go to them, someone put a gin on me, let me go to this person, so he can get his gin to get that gin off of me, and no. <laughs> no, it's not permissible. From, from a number of standpoints, to go against the first condition is going to go against another condition too. But Alakulli Hal can't do that, right? Because these are people who are known to be evil people. These are known to be people who are evil. Likewise, they can't go to a person who is a monadjim. And, and a, yani, what do you say? The ones who look at the stars and the horoscope and you know these type of things, right? Uh, it's not permissible to go to the likes of these individuals that ask them for things, nor to those individuals who, for example, who read tea leaves or yani, these type of things, you know, read, switch around the coffee at the, the coffee ground and then read that and all that type of stuff. All of these individuals are individuals who is not permissible to go to them to ask them to make ruqya upon, upon an individual. Naam, wanahwihim, and the like of these uh, of these individuals. Min man yadda'una and from those who they they uh, claim that they know some matters of the unseen. Naam. Lima fi dalika min mushabiha al hal jahiliya, and that is because of that which resembles in it imitation or similarity between the time of jahiliya, because in jahiliya. People will go to people like this for the, for those type of things. Now, so 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 as to get away from that, the optics of that. Then this is from one standpoint why we don't go to the likes of these individuals. Now, and Sheikh mentions even if these individuals have the ability to do a correct ruqya, even if they have the ability. To do a correct ruqya, meaning they do a ruqya that's free from shirk. Even though they may have that ability, even though they may know how to do it, we still don't go to them to do it. Naam. The Shaykh mentions, he says, Inna, inna hu la in, in, He says, Alla, illa, inna hu la yu'manu, an yukhaliqaha bi shayin min al-sihr, wa kahana, wa sha'wadha. He said, because we can't feel safe that this individual won't add something to it from magic, magical spells or from sorcery or from the charlatanism and so on and so forth. So from that standpoint, they can't be trusted. These are individuals who are individuals who are, are not upon integrity. They're individuals who are extremely evil individuals, so on and so forth. So we don't go to them from that standpoint. And even if they have the ability to recite correctly, they can't be trusted because they might add some magic to it. They might add some sorcery to it, so on and so forth. And from another standpoint, from another standpoint, and he said the dhari'ah, and we also don't go to them that, so that we close the road, we close the road in al muharram We close the road to that which is haram. Naam? So by not going to them, we close the road to that which is haram. Why? Because if a person goes to them for the good, yani, it's a quote unquote, for them to yani, do the correct ruqya upon them, and the people they see that, what's to stop them from going to them for magic or for sorcery? 
Because they said, oh, so-and-so went and they're a good righteous person and they got Rukia performed upon them. So maybe we go to them too. It's okay to utilize their services. So to close the door to any type of haram, to close the door to the likes of what these people are upon and what they do, then it is not permissible to go to them, to ask them to make Rukia. So people like this, then they cannot be a Rabi. People who are given to superstition and people who are given to yani, all types of uh, quote-unquote mystical stuff and working with jinns and and, 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 and and then it is not permissible to have the likes of these individuals uh, recite upon people. And the principle from the sharia, the principle from the sharia is that al-ahkam al-ahkam is that the principles, the rules, the rules of the Sharia, then they are built upon looking at the final outcome of a thing. They are built upon looking at the final outcome of the thing and that which could uh, potentially result from a thing. Naam. So the amal, al amal al sihr haram, act, acting in accordance or working with magic, it is haram. Is haram and is from the kabair. Naam, it is haram and it's from the kabair. So, we have texts which show us that sihr is haram. From those texts is Allah Ta'ala's statement, Allah Ta'ala, He says, but rather it was the shayateen. It was the shayateen who disbelieved. They taught the people magic. It was the shayateen who disbelieved. They taught the people magic. Now here in this ayah, where is the point of reference which shows us that magic is haram? Where is it? That's the proof, right? Now I want you to explain to me why it's a proof. Where's the proof in the ayah? Hmm? The shayateen, the shayateen, they did it. Naam. Well, I'm looking for something else. Though. What is the proof in the ayah that magic is haram? From the ayah. The ayah is the proof that magic is haram. But where? Because they disbelieved. Naam. So Allah Ta'ala called magic what? He referred to magic as being what? Kufr. Kufr. So since magic is kufr, then it's haram. Can't do it. Haram. Naam. So we have a text that shows us that magic is kufr. Also, we have another text where Allah Ta'ala He says, Wala yuflihu as-sahir. That the magician will, will not be successful. The magician, he will not be successful. Naam. So, so, so from these texts, we see that magic it is haram from the Quran. Also, we have the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, Stay away from the deadly sins. Stay away from the deadly sins. And then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Ashirku Polytheism, associated partners with Allah in worship and magic. In magic. Naam. So the Prophet ﷺ, he, he enumerated magic 
as being from those those uh, uh, things that are the deadly sins, the deadly sins. What is hadith akhrajuhu al-Bukhari? This hadith has been collected by Imam al-Bukhari min hadith Abi Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Also, وَلَوْ كَانَتْ فِرُقْيَ سَاحِرَ مَنْفَعَ لِلنَّاسِ And this is from another standpoint. So I want you to see how from every standpoint, it's not permissible to go to the likes of these individuals for them to do ruqya. Naam. The shaykh, he mentions, he says, and also, if the ruqya of a magician, and then you can, and that's just yani, an example, it's not for restriction. So you can say sorcerer, you can say, you know, uh, you know, uh, stars, person who looks into the stars and, 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 and that. Uh, astrologist, right? And so on and so forth. It's not permissible. But with regards to the magician, and, and they all yeah, they fall under the, the, the general scope and the ruling of the, of the magician, is that what? Is that if it was of any benefit, the ruqya of a magician, if it was benefit in that uh, nafs for the people, then the legislator will not have commanded with the killing of the magician. Because the rule for the magician, the head for the magician, is that they are to be what? Killed. They are to be killed. If they had in them some kind of benefit, then that wouldn't be the case. But the fact that they have been ordered to be killed is because what? It's because the earth can do without them. Right? So that's from another standpoint. Also, uh, the Shaykh he mentions, And then also, it, it would not have been mentioned or enumerated from the deadly sins. From the deadly sins. So all of this is an indication that that is, yani, that these the likes of these individuals are not people who we can go to for ruqya. And this is from another standpoint. And this is what I want, yani, subhanAllah, the ulama. Subhanallah. The ulama, and you find this was the way of the ulama, of the past and of the present. That when they go to destroy an argument, right? Especially those that are very serious and those that are yani, very detrimental. They will destroy it from every angle. So they just won't destroy it from one angle. Right? But you find that they'll come and they'll destroy it from every angle. Every angle. Right? And of course, this is under the, uh, uh, a setting that that is appropriate yeah, need to do so, uh, uh, so on and so forth. So the Shaykh, he brings another, another angle to show why going to these individuals and asking them, to make ruqya upon someone is not permissible. Is not permissible. Naam. He says, وَلَمَّا كَانَتْ مُحَرَّمًا لَمْ يَجْعَلِ اللَّهِ شَفَاءَ أُمَّةً فِيمَا حَرَّمَ عَلَيْهَا He said, and since it's haram, then we know that what? Allah has not made the cure for the ummah in those things that are haram. Allah Ta'ala has sent down for every disease, Allah Ta'ala sent down a cure. For every disease, then there is a cure. For every sickness and ailment, then there is a cure. Allah Ta'ala, when He sends down the sickness, He also sends down His cure. Allah Ta'ala has not sent down a cure in those things that are haram. Right? So even if those things are haram will have some type of quote-unquote effect, 
No, that's not the cure. There's a cure that is halal. You just don't know about it. Right? But there's a cure that's halal. So you can't say, but we see effects. This person put magic, so he went to another person who yeah, he, uh, uh, was a magician and he got and he got it off and that, so therefore it's okay, right? They, they, because the proof is in the pudding, right? No, no, it's not. It's a test. Now you hurt yourself. You got hurt, now you hurt yourself even worse. Correct? So it's to, yeah, he, we have to understand that there is no cure in that which is haram. What's the proof? Person said, what's the proof? That sounds nice, but what's the proof? Because it's the deen of what? Proof. Right? What What's the proof? The proof is the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Fima Rawahu Abu Dawood is from the hadith of the hadith that's been collected by Abu Dawood and other than him. With the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Inna Allah anzal adda. That Allah ta'ala, he sent down, and anzal adda with dawa. He, he sent down the disease and the cure. No, no, before that hadith. Now, Ya ibadullah, tadawaw, fa inna Allah lam yada'a da'an illa wada'a lahu shifa'a. Naam, is that, O servants of Allah, seek medical treatment because Allah did not put a disease except that He made for it its cure. And also we have the statement of the Prophet ﷺ in a hadith, yani kathalika, akhrajuhu Abu Dawood, also narrated by Abu Dawood, where the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Inna Allah anzal da'wa that Allah has sent down the sickness and the cure. And he has made for every single sickness a cure. So seek medical treatment, but do not seek medical treatment in that which is haram. Also, the statement of the Prophet that Allah has not made your cure inside of haram. And his hadith, yani akhrajuhu. Ibn Hanban. So we see from these ahadith that it is not permissible to seek for medical treatment in the haram. So this is from another standpoint, from another standpoint which shows us that the reciting of those individuals who, yani, uh, these uh, magicians and the like, it is not permissible for us to seek that out. It's not permissible for us to seek that out also from this standpoint. That makes sense? Also, now, now, for the. Are we allowed to ask what kind of disease, or we can't ask that question? Because only Allah knows. I don't understand the question. You said he sent down a disease. Yeah, for every disease sent down, it's a cure. We are allowed to ask what kind of disease that he sent down that we could get the cure for? Every disease. Every disease. Except for. Old age and those things that come with old age, there's a cure. But my, my, my question is how? You talking about the description, right? Do we can we ask that question? Again, I'm sorry, I don't think I'm understanding. He didn't mention the description, but he said that he cured that, that he sent down the treatment for all diseases. Right. So it's general. So this encompasses all diseases. 
any anything that is a sickness, anything that is disease, anything that is ailment, there's a cure for it, right? Except for, of course, those things that come in haram, uh, those things that come with old age and you know uh, the like. Oh, and of course, death. There's, there's no cure for death. <laughs> so the kufar could freeze themselves cryogenically and cut their heads off and hope they can be brought back as an android robot, whatever. There's <laughs> no cure for death. <laughs> no, there's no cure for death. No. So also, there's another standpoint. There's another standpoint that shows the impermissibility of going to the likes of these individuals and asking them for rupiah is that what? Is that going to them the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam حيث ما قال ليس منا من تطير أو تطير له أو تكهن أو تكهن له أو سحر أو سحر له that he is not from us the one that seeks omens in with the birds or he asks someone else to do it for him Judicially, the Arab, if they want to do something or a decision or whatever, they'll go look at a flock of birds and, okay, if it go this way, it's good. If it go that way, it's bad, so on and so forth. And they will take this as omens. And that which is similar to it enters into it. So it is, he's not from us, the one who asks someone to do this for them, nor the one who does it. So the one who does it, nor the one who asks someone to do it, he's not from us. Likewise, the one who goes to a sorcerer or the one who does sorcery or he asks that sorcery be done for him, it's not from us. Likewise, the one who performs magic or who requests that magic be performed on his behalf, it's not from us. Naam. So this is another standpoint why we don't go to them and ask them to, to, to do ruqyah. Because if you ask them to do ruqya, there's no, there's, yeah, you, you, you can fall into them what? Doing magic for you. Doing sorcery for you. Correct? Because we're not safe that they, will, they, that, that they won't mix their shirk in with it, mix their magic in with it. Also, also, we have the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man atta kahinan aw عَرَّافًا فَصَدَّقَهُ بِمَا يَقُولُ فَقَدْ كَفْرَ بِمَا أُنزِلَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ That whoever goes to a sorcerer or he goes to a عَرَّاف He goes to this one, a finder, as they used to call them And they believe in that which they say Then he has disbelieved in that which has been revealed upon Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Naam. So going to them to ask them to do ruqya, you, you enter into this hadith. You cannot escape this hadith. You enter into the meaning of this hadith. Because you went to them. Naam. وَقَالَ إِمَامَ بِنُ قَيَّمِ إِمَامَ بِنُ قَيَّمِ He mentions وَقَدْ أَوْضَحَ إِبْنُ قَيَّمِ رَحِمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى He mentions, he makes it extremely clear. رَحْمَةَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ أَنَّ الْكَهَنَ رُسُلُ الشَّيَاطِينَ يعني حقيقة, That the sorcerers 
They are the messengers of the shayateen. They are the messengers of the shayateen and rusul shaytan. They are the messengers of shaytan. In reality. Not figuratively, not proverbially, but in reality. And that the people are two types. The followers of the sorcerers. And the followers of the, of the messengers of Allah. And they cannot coexist. That, that, that one slave will be from this group and from that group simultaneously. No. Either you with this group or you with that group. Right? But you can't be from those who follow the messengers of shaitan and at the same time from those who follow the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَا يَسْتَمْعَ فِي الْعَبْدِ أَنْ يَكُونَ مِنْ هَؤُلَاءِ وَهَؤُلَاءِ بَلْ يَبْعُدُ عَنْ رَسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم بقدر قربه إلى الكاهن but rather he will be away he will be distance away from the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم in, in respect to his closeness to the magician نعم so the closer he is to the magician the further he will be from the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم ويكذب الرسول and he will disbelieve in the messenger according to the scope that he believes in the magician. So the more he believes in the, in the, in the sorcerer or the magician, then the more he has disbelieved and he has belied that which the Prophet he has come with. Now, that makes sense? So in conclusion, as relates to this particular point, is that it's not permissible to have the likes of these individuals make ruqya upon us. Also though, because the person says, okay, that, that makes sense now, as, 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 as relates to uh, you know, magicians and sorcerers and the like, that makes sense, yeah? Those, yeah, astrologers and, and that, perfect sense. Okay, now what about the person who's a bad person? They say, well, what about the sinner? I don't get the connection between the sinner. Why we can't go to the center, the open center, and ask them to recite on us? Why not that? Very simple. The Shaykh, he mentions, he says, that the Raqi, he has to be a person who is known for uprightness, meaning apparently. Now, they, they, they show apparent uprightness. This doesn't mean they don't make sin. Everyone makes sense. That all of the children of Adam make sins, and the best of those who make sins are those who repent. So we're not saying a person has to be sinless. It's not possible. They're going to have sins. But a person who is striving to be righteous and, they, and what is apparent from them is that they are righteous. These are the people that yani, uh, uh, are to recite over people, we should say. These are the people who are to recite over people. Now, but an individual who has done that, which compromises his integrity, compromises his religiousness, so on and so forth, then the likes of these individuals, we don't ask them to make uh, yani, these individuals, we don't have them recite over people. We should say, we don't have them recite over people. Now, the Shaykh he mentions, he says, Yambari, and Yakuna, 
مستجمعا مستجمعا للشرائط مستجمعا للشرائط الدعاء he said the rabbit is person he has to be a person that he combines in him the conditions نعم, for the acceptance of dua that makes sense that he has to be a person that his dua inshallah ta'ala is not prevented from being accepted because when he's make, from because from making ruqya upon a person is that you, you recite over them quran نعم, but also that you make dua for them from the ad'iyah shar'iyah uh, that you make dua from them from the 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 the, the, the ad'iyah like some of what we went over this weekend you make dua for them like a person comes and he's a person who is in a situation that his dua is not accepted doesn't make sense for him to be haraqi because he's an individual who is dua not accepted now a person may come and they say well what are the conditions for your dua to be accepted and and once we know that, then we will know the connection of why a person who is an open sinner, a person who has bad religious uh, uh, practice and so on and so forth, he is not the person to be reciting over people. Why? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, he said that a man, he travels along a long travel. Now remember, for the person who's traveling, the traveler enters under those who his du'a is accepted. Right? The traveler enters under those who his du'a is accepted. But if there are preventative factors, he could you know, be disqualified from that category, for lack of a better term. What are, some, what are the preventative factors? He said that a man, he travels. A long travel, and then he his hair becomes a mess, disheveled, and he has covered dust upon him. And he raises his hands to the sky and he says, "My Lord, oh my Lord, oh my Lord." The Prophet Sallallahu he said, "But his food is haram, his drink is haram, his clothes are haram. He's being nourished by the haram. So how is such a person going to be answered? Meaning that what? If you're nourished by the haram, if the clothes is haram." If you're drinking from the haram, the food is haram, so on and so forth, then this person now, because of his actions, his dua is not going to be answered. His dua is not going to be answered. So anyone who fits his description and, 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 and is of those who their, dua, who, who their dua is not answered, is not accepted, then the likes of these individuals, they can't, they cannot be of those who recite over people. That makes sense? Now, three. The third... The third condition for the legislative uh, ruqya, and it's important to know because you have a lot of people up, out there who's raqi and this and that. You have to look at them and examine from these standpoints. Is 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 yani the ruqya mixed with shirk and shirkiyat? Yeah? Is this individual an individual of bad religion? Meaning, is this is this a person of innovation? Is this a person of superstition? Superstition. Yani, uh, Sufi beliefs and so on and so forth. Does this person fit that bill huh? or not? Also, the ruqya, it has to be yani, wuduh. Wuduh ruqya fi ibaratiha. That wa ma'aniha. Is that the ruqya has to be in language that is clear. 
its expressions and the meanings of those expressions have to be clear. It cannot be in jumbled language that is, uh, 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 that you cannot understand it. It cannot be in words that are incomprehensible. But it has incomprehensible. But it has to be in words that are understood. Stuff that is clear. Naam. Imam Ibn Rajab he mentions, he says is that the Ruqya, he mentions some of the conditions yani, for the Ruqya. He mentions, he says, is that it has to be by the speech of Allah or mentioning the names and attributes of Allah Azza wa Secondly, and of course we're interested in the first one, those ad'iyah that have been taught to us by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Secondly, أَن تَكُونَ بِاللِّسَانِ الْعَرَبِي أَوْ بِمَا يُعْرَفُ مَعْنَاهُ مِنْ غَيْرِهِ He said it has to be in Arabic, it has to be in the Arabic language, or it has to be in that which it is known as meanings from other than Arabic. So it could be in another language, but the meanings have to be known. It can't be in gibberish, but it has to be clear speech. Naam? That makes sense? Naam. And then Imam Ibn Uqayyim, he mentioned, very important point. He says, أَن يَعْتَقِدْ أَنَّ الرُّقْيَا لَا تُؤْثَرْ لَا تُؤْثَرْ بِذَاتِهَا بَلْ بِتَقْدِيرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى He says is that a person has to believe that the ruqya within itself does not have any effect. But rather, its only effect, or its only, يعني, it only has effect by the permission and by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That it only has an effect by the decree and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam? That makes sense? Also what enters into this Also what enters into this That an individual They have to do the ruqya In speech that is clear And that has a meaning Not in gibberish Also from the characteristics Of the one or, or from the conditions and, and the, the characteristics of the ruqya itself and why it has to be from the standpoint is so that those people of evil intent and evil people they cannot mix any type of sorcery or magic into it now because if it becomes from speech that's uh, uh, incomprehensible and so on and so forth then a person may be able to throw some sorcery in there no because no one knows what he's saying anyway right so it has to be in speech which is understood has to be a speech which is understood and has clear meaning. Also, what it is into this is that uh, from the يعني فمن صفات الرقية في عباراتها from the characteristics of the rukya inside of its articulations and its expressions and to كن خالية من كلام الشركية نعم it has to be free from speech that 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 of shirk and also what الفاظ القبيحة also from speech that is despicable. It has to be devoid of these things. Naam? Because from one standpoint, from one standpoint, if a person starts to speak with the haram, 
So and by by doing the ruqya, he starts to use cursing. Yani sub wa shatam wa nahwihima. Naam. That he that 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 a person he starts to curse and he starts to use foul language and so on and so forth. During the ruqya, during the duration, the course of the ruqya, it's not permissible to 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 do ruqya in in this way. Now, a person may come and they say, "What? Well, who would do that?" People do it. You have from the kuffar, the Christians in particular, especially when it's dealing with yani the jinn and the incarnations against the jinn and so on and so forth. Is that part of their strategy and from their protocol? Is that they tell the jinn off, right? By cursing at it, by yani doing these things, and in their thinking, and this was taught by the Baptists. I can't say this is yani all Christians claim this because I don't know, but I know the Baptists. This is what they used to do, and this is what they used to encourage and to teach. Huh? Many from amongst them is that this shows that 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 demon, as they call it, that you're not scared of it, that you that that you cuss it out and you speak foul to it, and so on and so forth. So you will find that they will utilize the likes of these things. During the course of how they do ruqya, it's not upon us to do that. It's not permissible for us to do that. From a standpoint, and also sometimes they'll become abusive to the person who is afflicted. They'll become abusive to the person who's afflicted. This is not permissible because of the person you're reciting over is a Muslim. From the standpoint and from the angle that what is that inna dima'akum wa amwalakum wa aradakum alaykum haram as the Prophet said to me said that your blood, your money, and your character, your, your your reputations is haram. So it's not permissible to verbally abuse a Muslim. It's not permissible, even whether that's a Muslim human being or a Muslim jinn, because sometimes Muslim jinns who uh, are lacking in in, the, in their religious practice, they may possess a person. Could be a Muslim jinn. He possesses a person. So now you go, you cuss out the jinn, you curse at it, and you speak all foul stuff to it. You're still abusing a Muslim. It's not permissible. Nan. So the likes of these things is not permissible for a person to take this type of mannerism when doing ruqya. Also, it is not permissible, yani, for a person to do ruqya in a mannerism that is not correct. The ruqya has to be in a mannerism that is halal, meaning that the overall way in which it is done has to be halal. So, for example, what is what is intended by the ulama as the ruqya, it can't be in a way that is impermissible. They mean that a person can't come, for example, and a man can't come and touch upon a foreign woman while he's doing a ruqya and say, "No, I'm supposed to put my hand on her and say this." No, you can't touch her. It's not permissible for you to touch her. Now, I'm not permissible for you to touch her. Even if you, even if you claim, oh, this is a cure inside this, there's no, the cure has not been made in that which is haram. You cannot touch her. So the, the mannerism and the way in which he does it has to be correct. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, he cannot touch her even if it's from behind a screen. So he can't put a glove on and then he touch her and he say, but I'm not, my skin is not touching her skin because between me and her skin is the leather from the glove and the fabric from her clothing and whatever. No, you cannot touch her, period. Right? He can't put a cloth in his hand and then touch her and say, well, I'm not really touching her because there's no flesh-to-flesh -flesh contact. No, you cannot touch her. And likewise, yani, and like this, also, what enters into this uh, is that it's not permissible for a person to ask that the ruqya be performed in a, in a haram setting. So, for example, a person can't say, we'll do the ruqya, no problem, but it has to be in a graveyard. 
So it can't be in places where it's not permissible to make salah. It can't say, okay, you want to do ruqya? Fine, bring him in the bathroom. We do ruqya here. It's not permissible to do it there. Right? No, it's not here. But people is, is, is do stuff like this. They're sick. You know, this stuff comes from someone. The shaykh, he has to mention it. Now, likewise, a person can't come and say, we're going to do ruqya, okay, but we got to wait for the full moon. When it's a full moon, then we're going to do it. Right? Or we can't say we have to wait for these stars to, this constellation to coincide with this and that, and then, and then we do the ruqya. No. All this is haram. And all of this comes from what? Closing the door on what? Shirk. It comes from closing the door on shirk. So the manner in which the ruqya has to be done has to be a manner that is permissible. A way that is devoid of shirk. A way that is devoid of impermissible uh, things. Now, that makes sense? Yeah. No. I call it that. Yeah. No? The Shaykh, he mentions one fourth and final condition that was mentioned as the third condition that by Imam Ibn Rajab. And that is, اعتقاد عدم التأثير الرقية بذاتها استقلالا is that we have to believe, it has to be the belief that the ruqya does not benefit with them within itself. Yani It does not benefit with and within itself. That the ruqya by itself does not benefit. But that rather, but rather that we understand that the ruqya is only a means. It's only a means by way in which an individual uh, 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 يعني, uh, will seek medical treatment but, but, but that the cure is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that makes sense? Naam. now on this point on this point there comes a famous hadith a hadith that bidnillahi ta'ala we are familiar with and all يعني, we heard it before at the very least Naam. And that's the hadith of those who will enter into Jannah without any, without any reckoning and without any, uh, yani punishment. They will enter into Jannah بغير حساب ولا عذاب, right? Without any uh, reckoning and with no punishment. And then the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he enumerated who those individuals were. Right? So I'm not going to read the whole hadith because of time. But we'll get to the shahid, the shahid, yani, the, the reference point. These individuals, they are those who they implement and they are those who they actualize tawheed. Those who enter into the jannah, bila hisab, bila adab, these are those who have actualized tawheed. They've actualized it. Naam? This is a very important point because from the accusation, from the accusations, from the actualization of a tawheed is to understand the likes of these things. That we take the means, but the tawfir is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore the ruqya with and by itself, it will not benefit us. But rather it is Allah who cures us. And that ruqya will only benefit us if Allah allows it to. That the medicine, same thing. You take medicine, the medicine will only benefit you if Allah allows it to. So don't grab the medicine and then take it and believe that that medicine is going to help you. No. It only helps you if Allah allows it to. 
So constantly keep your connection into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet he mentioned that these individuals are individuals ladina la yastarqoon. These are individuals who la yastarqoon. There comes a narration la yarqoon that they don't do ruqiyah. But this, as Imam al-Albani, he mentions, is not, is, 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 is not authentic. Also, Shaykh al-Islam al-Taymiyyah, he mentioned, this is not authentic. To say these are people who don't do ruqiyah. These are people who don't do ruqiyah. Naam, this is not, this, this wording is not authentic. But the authentic wording is, yastarqoon. Yastarqoon, this means, they don't ask other people to do ruqiyah on them. You understand? They don't ask other people to do ruqiyah on them. Does that mean they don't do ruqiyah? No. They can still do ruqiyah, right? But they do what? They do it themselves. Why? Because when you ask somebody else to do ruqiyah upon you, right? Then what is this showing? This showing you have some type of dependency and connection upon that person. You must think that that person has something with them that their ruqiyah is more powerful than yours. Naam? You understand? That makes sense? So what happens is that, and this is not to say that a person you know, who, who asks someone else to make ruqya for him, then it's over, that's it. No, no, it's not saying that. But the person who doesn't ask people to do ruqya for him, then their you know, accusation of tawheed is greater than the person who asks somebody else to do it for them. Because there, there is in it that possibility of why. Why? Why did you do it yourself? What's the difference? Right? You understand? Because Allah is the one who cures you. So whether I recite, you recite, you recite, you recite, you recite, it's all by the permission of Allah Ta'ala if you get cured by those means. Correct? So now what's the difference? You understand? So, this, yeah, so this, these are uh, things that are important. But the shahid, the shahid here, uh, but let's just let's take the other one just for yeah, some benefit. Wala uh, yaktuun. And they do not, and they do not get cauterized. They do not get cauterized, right? You know, cauterized is to burn the wound. Sheikh Saleh Abdaziz Al Sheikh, or before mentioning that, let's mention the rest of And they and they do not They do not seek omens inside of the uh, birds. They will not look for omens, and you know. Look for signs and if the birds go like this or the cat, black cat walk in front of me, whatever. Yeah, they're not people like that. Understand? And upon their Lord, they put their trust. These are their characteristics. Now, a person may come because we have, yani, we, we have text that shows that it's permissible to, no. it's permissible to uh, get cauterized. It's permissible. Correct? We have text that says it's permissible to get cauterized. That is to apply heat to the, to the, to the body. Now, which one? Um, well, hold it, hold it to the end so we finish the show. Now, right. So, Sheikh Salah Aziz Al Sheikh, he mentions that the reason it was specified they do not cauterize, right? He said it wasn't because cauterization is haram, because it's not haram, it's okay to use it. He said, but it was because the Arab and Jahaniyyah. They had a hundred percent dependency on cauterization. They believe that whatever has to be cauterized, you cauterize, it works hundred percent every time. You understand? They were totally disconnected from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were they were uh, they were hooked upon the means, disconnected 
from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our reliance has to be upon Allah, not upon the means, not upon the means, but upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's why that was mentioned, that they do not uh, ask to be cauterized. Why? Because they uh, used to believe that it works 100% every time, you know, uh, you know, the most trusted measure and so on and so forth to the enemy. But we know that that's not the case. That's not even the case in reality. People get cauterized, they still die. They still die from infection, infection of the wound, whatever the case is. The bleeding may stop. You may have cauterized the, the wound and, and stop the, you know, the, the bleeding and, and that. But then they get infection, they die. So even in reality, it's not that which yeah, uh, uh, is, yeah, is even uh, factual. Uh, and in more so reality, we know that it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who heals and none heals except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is a must that when it comes to ruqya, when it comes to every form of medical treatment, that we put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we don't believe that these things with them within themselves will have any effect, but rather they will only have effect by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are the conditions for the, in, in summary, and in brief, these are the conditions for the legislated ruqya. فَنَتَّفِي بِهَذَا الْقَدَرِ وَصَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَى نَبِيْنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَجَزَاكُمُ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا نَعَمْ